Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Not So Native Podcast. Let me introduce your host. My name is Rob Lamb. And I'm Aaron Bailey. Kick back and let us take you on a journey as we explore some of Arizona's most fascinating people, places, and things to do. Are you ready? 67% of bankruptcies in the U.S. are due to medical bills. To help you avoid the pitfalls in coverage, high premiums, and ridiculous deductibles, I search all coverage options to find the best benefits for your budget for free. We protect independent contractors, small business owners, and their families. Heck, we've even beaten group plans to put more money back into your paycheck. Contact T Insurers for your top three quotes at 602 602- 315-8070 or T Insurers on Facebook. All right, welcome back. This is Aaron. This is Rob. From Not So Native Podcast. It's been a while since we've been back. but Dude, uh, I am so happy to be back. I cannot believe it. It's been a little while, right? Nothing's happened in the last uh, 18 months or, or better here in this world. But uh, <laughs> we are kicking it off at the Pine Creek Canyon Lavender Farm. And it smells fantastic. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. I love it. I love it. Lavender is one of my favorites. Favorite, uh, I don't know what it is, an herb or a spice, but, but we're, we're here with an expert, so we're going to hear all about it. Uh, tell us who you are and, and native or not so. Well, hi. It is so great to be here with you guys this morning. You're dressed for the early fall and the high mountains here in Pine, and this is going to be a great day. Sun shining, blue skies. So I am Terry Gorton Veshi, and I'm actually a native of the state of Washington. And mm. so you may know that Washington is probably the leading state in uh, the United States for lavenders. When really? Washington is, yeah, oh. it's quite, quite prolific uh, lavender farms up there. But anyway, my husband Rick and I came to Pine, Arizona, um, have lived in Arizona off and on for oh, 25 years or so, and we decided we really wanted to get away, a little mm. mountain place. So we came up here to Pine and um, initially bought another piece of uh, property, a little house, a little cabin, and I would drive by this lonely old farm, which has been abandoned for about 47 years, wow. kind of broken down and you know, the old farm, weeds out front, it just kind of looked forlorn. And um, I am a campaign and political lawyer, and Rick is a Italian custom shoe real estate broker. So we're kind of pretty far away from being farmers. But I always thought it would be so cool to have a farm. So we kept spying this place for four or five years and finally said, let's just make an offer on it. And we tracked down the a state that has holding the property and we're actually able to get it and we wow. were so thrilled and one day we were sitting out um, in our back and we have irrigation water from Pine Creek and we think that's one of the secrets of our lavender is it's it's irrigated with all natural Pine Creek water and in the back of our property the stream is sort of running down a, a ditch in the back and we were sitting there and I said hey honey We've got land, we have about four acres. We've got water, let's grow something. And Rick immediately pointed to the elk. We often have herds of <laughs> 100 elk in our lower pastures every evening. And they kind of tend to devour almost everything up here in high country, <laughs> unless you have prison guard height fences. 
<laughs> so he said, and not just wash your dream, honey, but what about the elk? I ran inside, fired up the computer, hit Google, and said, what won't elk eat? And that was the genesis of Pine Creek Canyon Lavender Farm. Whoa. Because lavender, um, <clears throat> there were several other really camphorous plants, but lavender was the top one. I liked lavender. I didn't know very much about it at the time. Oh. But we jumped in with both feet. We are, I think, the third largest lavender farm in the state. Um, I think we have probably more products than anybody else in the state. And we specialize in culinary lavender and culinary lavender products. That is what really interested me when I was checking out. Once I drove by, we were up here a couple weeks ago, my wife and I, and I, I saw a lavender farm. I, of course, went to the Googler, and I looked at Google, and I was like, culinary lavender? I've never heard of such a thing. So can please elaborate on how what kind of recipes... What do you use lavender in? <laughs> and that's a great question, one we get an awful lot. People come here and they love our lotions and all of right. our other yeah. sewn products and pillows and fresh lavender bundles and things like that, soaps. But catches people eye when they see our big rack full of culinary farm-to-table lavender. So we make a, a lot of products. We make lavender sugar. We make lavender salts, lavender uh, pepper blends, lemon pepper blends. We ship actually all over the world. We make lavender teas, of course, wonderful, calming. Lavender is so good for your body, not mm. just your soul, not right. just your yeah. sense of smell, but yeah. excellent for the body, antibacterial, antimicrobial, yeah. antiviral. And um, we do lavender honey. We do all kinds of other lavender things like Herbs de Provence. Um, in fact, this weekend, we are hosting, uh, actually, Arizona Office of Tourism, who has just great, is hosting a cloth and flame dinner, harvest dinner here in the lavender fields. And Chef Mark Tarbell, who's quite well known in the valley, um, is so excited um, with Chef Adrian about doing an all lavender meal. So everything from the Lavender Fields Forever cocktail that you're making with our lavender honey. Wow. They're doing wow. lavender salmon. He's got lavender infused pepper in uh, a bunch of his uh, recipes from the appetizers all the way through and a lavender dessert that I have not had a chance to sample yet. But I did get a copy of the sample menu and we are super excited. Um, so we have had Chris Bianco here, we have had um, Sprouts' uh, representatives, and we are actually, and thank you for asking, just getting ready to launch a complete wholesale line wow. of um, lavender culinary products to a lot of name brand stores, both in Arizona and throughout the country. Wow. We've been featured in Arizona Highways, the International Travel and Leisure, Bob's Red Mill sponsors our Lavender Cooking and Baking School, I think the only one in the country, um, that specializes with Bob's Red Mill and uh, cooking and baking with, with our lavender. So Phoenix Magazine, I'm working on a cookbook right now with oh, Jessica Durnham cool. from, yeah, from Phoenix Magazine and Arizona Office of Tourism. And they actually, Arizona Office of Tourism made a movie about us last year, which hmm. your viewers can check out if they want to, go to YouTube, 
Arizona Office of Tourism uh, YouTube channel, and they did a series called Meet the Makers, and oh, the Lavender cool. Farm was on that series, and guess what? We are up for two Emmys for the amazing job. Uh, high five? Yep. There. Hey, there you that go. was a great high five. <laughs> so we're really looking forward. Red Knight did the um, cinematography, and Jenna... <laughs> Jessica Dunham did, uh, she was the uh, producer from Arizona Office of Tourism. So we're pretty excited about the welcome reception we are getting, not just from our little community here, sure. and I have a funny story when you're ready, oh. but also the state and even nationally. So we're just, we don't know how it happened. We just said, hey, honey. What are you going to grow? Because we have too many elk here. Right. And that's what happened. And, and you know, they, they, they always say that uh, you know, if you build it, they will come. Or, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you start to, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of becoming more and more of a big fan of uh, as you cast, so shall you reap. You know, if you, if you cast it out into the, into the universe and, and you continue to cast it, the universe will respond and tell you that that's a good idea or it'll tell you that it's a bad idea, you know. But uh, I think that what you've got going on here is amazing as we sit underneath these bundles of drying lavender. So you mentioned buying the property. Tell me about the, the land, who owned it, where did it come from, and then like how, how you kind of, I mean, clearly you fixed up the place because it looks beautiful. But like, tell us who owned the land before you guys did when oh, you got it out of that estate. I love that question above all others. So back in the 1870s, the Hunt family were headed from the Salt Lake area down to Mesa. Mm -hmm. And when they got here to Pine in route, the hills around Pine were covered with a powder sugar dusting of snow. And um, Mrs. Hunt, Rosetta, she reminded her of her native country back in um, Switzerland. Mm. And she said, oh, Almi, is there any chance that we could stay here and settle? There were three other families that were here at the time. So they asked the church, and the church said, yeah, we think that would be a great idea. Mm. So they settled here in about in the early 1870s, and they acquired 80 acres here, homesteaded, um, and got a land grant, I guess would be the proper term, from President Taft. Oh, yeah. So that family had owned, and in fact, that family owned the property still when we purchased it, their, mm. the estate. And when, um, <clears throat> when they uh, settled, they raised, I think it was 17 children here, 14 or 17 wow. children. There's a historic <clears throat> plaque right next door. Um, and their oldest son met his to be wife Annie Bell in second grade in the Strawberry Schoolhouse, which you probably know is the oldest schoolhouse in Arizona. Wow. Yes. And so when they married, they got our four acres uh, as kind of their wedding gift or something. And John and Annie Bell settled here. Their spirit is still here on this farm, you know, all the time. And they were so instrumental in a lot of uh, activities here in the community, from starting the Cattlemen's Association to planting. In fact, just a few weeks ago, I was canning applesauce at Annie Bell's old uh, sink, which is truly a farmhouse sink. 
thinking, boy, things just don't change very much. That was an apple tree that we understand John had planted for her back in 1924. Oh. Isn't that amazing? And it's actually, yeah. we just got an uh, announcement, and you're the first person to know on um, a voice that we have been accepted and received recognition as the one of only two farmsteads in Arizona that are on the National Register of Historic Places. Wow. So we really are all about preserving these lands and about yes. really trying to honor that first vision of the pioneers and oh my god all the work that they put into this community and try and keep these lands here along this valley we we've actually been trying to acquire piece by piece some of the original homestead and kind of reassemble it as much as we can and working with the nature conservancy to put the whole riparian corridor into a, a habitat conservation into perpetuity so that we can do our little part at trying to keep this beautiful body of land together for the future. Let me tell you guys about our weekend. We spent the entire day with outdoor adventure centers in Cottonwood. What a great time. We went kayaking on the Verde River and our guides made the adventure so much fun. Then we went out on the trails in an ATV rental and we finished the day in Old Town Cottonwood with great food and wine tasting. It was such a perfect day with OAC chores. We're already planning to go back and I would highly recommend OACTours.com to everyone. Call 602-686-8530 to book your tour today or go online at OACTours.com. Welcome back to the Not-So-Native Podcast. I'm Rob Lamb. I'm Aaron Bailey. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I really enjoyed about pine and strawberries. There does seem to be more of a, of a, I guess, awareness of, of the nature around us, right? Growing up in, in Phoenix, you almost forget that, that just in two hours north, it, you get this kind of land and this kind of beauty up here. So it's really good to hear you guys are actively doing that and kind of continuing to do that. So. It's an amazing little community. And like you say, hour and a half to two hours from the valley and or from Flagstaff or Sedona, Prescott, we're kind of, you know, Gila County, we're in the middle of the state, and wide open mountains, these beautiful little mountain valley, clean air, and we're actually still in the Coconino National Forest, and the Tonto National Forest, which you may know is the biggest, tell me if I'm saying this right, Ponderosa Pine Forest in the world. Yes. Is that right? Yep. It is. It is one of the, the, the largest Ponderosa Pine, and... I never knew that there was so much variety in pine trees. Just like, I didn't know that there was so much variety in lavenders. I'm driving by, I'm like, French, what? 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 All these different varieties of lavender. Tell us about the the different varieties of lavender. Okay, I'd be happy to. So, commercially grown worldwide, there's about 43 varieties. There's well over 200 varieties. Lavender, in fact, grows wild in a lot of Mediterranean regions, Mm -hmm. but... Um, probably French Grosso, I would think, is the most grown lavender variety worldwide. I'm not an expert on the whole world, so somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. But Sure. I'm uh, sure there's a fact checker out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, Grosso, uh, we do grow uh, Grosso. It's a, called an Intermedia Lavender. And it's very tall, as its name. Beautiful sort of navy blue color, but it makes 
fabulous essential oil. And, um, and that's the kind of essential, and that's the oil that we sell here in the farm. So it's just the varietal grosso essential oil. And then um, we also grow, uh, considered a, a French lavender, but it's really an intermediate called Provence. And just like the name would suggest, Provence, France, it's a very, very commonly grown uh, culinary lavender. And when you talk about herbs de Provence, you're almost always talking about herbs combined with the variety Provence lavender. Ooh. And I'm going to give you a little test. I'm going to give you some lavenders to smell oh. and have you tell me whether or not you can make a distinction between the lavenders because it's quite, it's kind of like wines. Once you sort mm. of get into this whole deal, it's not like, give me a glass of wine. It's like, oh, is this a, is this a Provence lavender? Or do we have <laughs> an English royal velvet or what? And it, then, of course. Immediately, your accent changes. It, yes, like of course. Really Everybody. Lavender. You, yours will. Well, we yours will. I we promise you. In fact, that's where, uh, that's where accents originated, was people <laughs> smelling lavender. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> little first, little right? known fact. And then, yeah. of course, my favorite lavender that we grow is a little English variety called royal velvet mm -hmm. and a lot of the English lavenders are the finest culinary or confectionery I should say because well, when we talk culinary we have to break it into two just like there's sweet wines and drier wines a lot of these English lavenders are just the sweetest mildest little darlings and make the most wonderful um, confectionery lavender products um, Provence is a very forward lavender, a lot of camphors. Lavender typically has uh, about 200 different compounds in it. And right now there's getting to be tremendous medical research uh, about lavender. Certainly the holistic community has known these wonderful properties about lavender for, you know, centuries, really. And um, now some of the claims of, is it truly healing? Is it truly relaxing? Will it really help you sleep? And some things you might not know, lavender's the number one topical treatment along with um, a lot of the hemp products for the treatment of alopecia, for hair loss, mm. from things like uh, stress, hormonal hair loss, uh, mm. things like that, pattern baldness, Sorry, guys, that's not going to work there, but... Well, I was going to say, I could use some of that. <laughs> but, but, just, but it's tremendous. It's worth a shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the University of Maryland Medical Center has been Ooh. leading the research in lavender, as well as, um, oh, so many um, specific institutes. The International um, Institute of Behavioral Scientists, mm. actually, and Behavioral Science Institute, did a study that I found just so fascinating, published about two years ago today, about. And it was a group of neuroscientists, neurobiologists, neurosurgeons, and neurologists. And this was hardcore science. And they actually isolated one of the compounds in lavender called linalose. And they found that linalose um, were so effective, and that actually was one of the most important um, compounds in lavender that bring on that feeling of relaxation and sleepiness. And in fact, yes, it is true that when breathed in, high-quality lavender, and generally when you see that term high-quality lavender, you're talking about lavender grown at altitudes of 5,000 feet or higher. And just like a lot of herbs and different medicines and things like that, the higher the altitude, 
It tends to put some stress on the plants, which in turn creates uh, the plant defense mechanism of, of really concentrating a lot of these compounds. And the linalus in high altitude, high quality lavender are especially effective uh, for, for anxiety, uh, mild depression, sleeplessness, and typically, uh, in fact, Dr. Hideki in this uh, report said that high quality lavender when breathed in and used therapeutically is as effective, get this, as the group of drugs, benzodiazepines, which like Valium. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. said it's milder, there are no side effects, but you do have to use it systematically. But he said, we felt like, and again, this institute of all these neurologists, that within the next 10 to 20 years, high quality lavender essential oil, especially the linalus, will be um, isolated and used pre-dental and pre-medical treatments for that, bringing that relaxed feeling without adding more chemicals to the body uh, prior to um, surgeries. And I find that terribly fascinating. So, four things essentially. All those good things, sleep, restlessness, mild depression, anxiety, definitely. It's showing up in the literature everywhere that lavender essential oil is effective. I all just mentioned hair, not only hair loss um, uh, as a treatment for the scalp, for the hair follicles, but also it's fantastic for like just uh, a product to enrich the hair and make it smooth and silky, mm. it's fantastic for that. Lavender, um, according to uh, the University of Maryland, on their research piece, they said lavender essential oil should be in every burn unit in America. Wow. It is a mild topical analgesic, and as I said before, antibacterial, antiviral, and it is a cell regenerator. So that's probably why we see, you know, across the um, disciplines, lavender being so effective for so many things, but it is really, really great. Um, to use uh, for burns and cuts, and it's very famous. You know, we sell different salves and things like that for lavender. And then, of course, lavender is a wonderful emollient and just really, really great added into soaps and shampoos mm. and lotions mm -hmm. and everything, not just for the smell, but it's also really, really healing too. I see that you have a lavender inhaler over there on the shelf. And is that like, uh, is it a wax or is it, uh, do you put the oil in there? Or? I, yeah. I want to go touch it. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so one of the things, again, referring back to all of the, um, the wonderful um, oh, compounds in lavender is breathing it in, as Dr. Hideki had mentioned. And so we make a little inhaler. Yeah, it's got, I've got a sample here. Oh, yeah. Let's... Oh, no, go ahead and open that one. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it, no problem. No, it's just, <laughs> we, we got to get this guy inhaling some of this lavender yeah. right here, no, right no, now. I might, I might fly off the, but, fly off the, okay. fly off the mountainside. Yeah, we're not going to let you drive after inhaling <laughs> it, because you'll be so sleepy. Um, but, um, so we take lavender essential oil, and depending on which one of the inhalers, um, our customers like, whether it be adding eucalyptus essential oil, and mm. we only use essential oils. And we mm. don't ever use fragrances here in the shop. We don't do um, 
colors except in our candles and wax melts. Um, we don't use petroleum products, pe any petrochemicals. But you breathe that in. I'll tell you, when I fly and when I travel, especially now with COVID, I've got one of those at the ready at all wow. times. And I did ask a pulmonologist, I think is right, who came here to the farm store. And I said, now, is this going to be safe for, you know, for my customers' lungs? And for, he said, as long as there's no other indication that they would probably know. He said, I just think that uh, using essential oils as part of your routine uh, for breathing well is a, is a really, really good idea. And in fact, he thought he liked the lavender eucalyptus one. He said, this is going to be my go-to for fall for those, you know, just a little bit of stuffy noses and things yeah, like that's, that. That's, that's, I can really feel it like opening me up a little bit. I was going to ask that. So for, for allergy properties, is there, because I, I discovered earlier this year that I'm allergic to everything out there. And uh, so grass and the whole like, but, but walking in here and really kind of smelling this, like, I don't normally, normally I would get that kind of immediate allergic reaction type yeah. to it. And I'm not having any of that here now. So is there kind of a natural benefit to uh, well, with allergies as well? Or? What we've been told, and you know what, we've been open I think like five years and thousands and thousands of people. And we do get a lot of people in the medical uh, profession and disciplines that come to our farm. And what we've kind of learned from bits and pieces from all of them and, you know, of course, I read everything I can read, especially the published literature. Again, lavender appears to be one, one of those essential oils that is not toxic. There's a lot of essential oils that mm. are. In fact, um, a lot of dogs meet untimely deaths every year because people will put different essential oils in their atomizers, their mm. diffusers, leave and go to work and come back, and and poor um, dog has had... A, a reaction and passed away. But lavender, we use it on our horses, we use it on our dogs, we make pet sprays um, for lavender. My vet certainly said, you know, I gotta tell you, I, Terry, I think lavender, I've seen some, some evidence that with calms horses and things like that. But I think back to your question, because lavender has that antibacterial, antimicrobial, antiviral properties, a lot of people tolerate lavender and the smell of lavender. Um, and it, it does calm and it does tend to open up, you know, your breathing. Of course, if you're allergic to lavender, that would not be okay, true. Right, but sure. <laughs> right, right. I, I had a lady come to the farm one time. She walked up and said, now, I'm allergic to lavender. What, what should I buy here? And, of course, the lawyer and me said, you should just leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no longer a proprietor. You automatically became a lawyer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Please leave. Everything we have here has it's, lavender it, in it. Right. In yes. fact, I don't think there's anything except maybe our T-shirts. Uh, and uh, our T-shirts and our, like, you know, bags and things like that. Sure. Everything has lavender in it. We, we do lavender peppermint. We do lavender uh, pumpkin spice now this time of the year. We do lavender uh, mixed with lemongrass and some patchouli, but uh, by and large, there is nothing in here that doesn't start with lavender. The word lavender. Yeah. All right. You got now. Uh, I'm, I imagine you have a website where people can buy this because we have we have listeners not only in Arizona but all over the world now. Uh, apparently, we were looking at our 
our stats the other day. So if somebody wanted to buy this, uh, what website would they go to? Uh, PineLavenderFarm.com. And of course, you can put in the www, but anymore, if you just type in PineLavenderFarm.com, that will take you to our website. We have free shipping over $29, and oh. we're hoping to hold on to that, even though the postal rates seem to be going up for Christmas. But we're going to hold on to our our prices, and uh, we love our customers. We we wouldn't be having this conversation if we didn't have the most wonderful customers in the world. Mm -hmm. They come, they walk in, they see the lavender on the ceiling, the lavender in the field. They know they're at a farm where you know, they can visit and products they can touch that relate to the lavender growing outside. And yeah. um, they just are wonderful. I don't know what else to say. It's been such a rewarding experience. I, I know that we're, we're getting close to our time, but I have a question. How do you make, all, how do you get the oil out of the lavender? Is it out of the flower? Is it out of the plant? How, how do you do this? Now, I'm a little bit surprised that you asked that question. It's a still. He told me that part of the genesis of this podcast you're listening to today was a couple of guys sitting on the back porch having one and smoking a cigar. So it's actually a still, very much oh. like you like you, you, you know, distill some of the grains. It's steam in this particular yeah. case. You know, it's steam distillation process, and it's pretty simple really i mean complicated in the mass that we do but you know you take the flower buds we we harvest the flowers by hand mm -hmm. and we hang them to dry or they go right into a still so the flowers go into the still uh, water is poured on it it's got a bunch of bring it up to temperature bring it down bring it up condensation mm -hmm. a little tube that at the end of the process spits out the water the lavender oil floats to the top Mm. We siphon off the lavender essential oil, and then the water is what is commonly known as uh, linen spray. Oh. So that water is just completely infused. I'm getting ready to spray these guys with some. Isn't that lovely? So that's, oh, wow. yeah. that's what we call our uh, linen spray, and it is literally the Whoa. the uh, water that goes through the process and infuses with that beautiful lavender smell but its benefit is is that it doesn't have any oil in it it's better so than that other stuff that takes away i'm not going to name names yeah you know what i mean yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah uh, um, yeah you yeah. breathe this in it's good for your lungs yeah you breathe some of those other things in well yeah yeah absolutely wow that's wonderful okay so so it's a distilling process to to uh to make this uh, essential oil, then you get the essential oils, and then you boil the, wow. The uh, lavender, the flowers. Right. Okay, now I know we're getting kind of close on time, and I want to put you through your t the tests before we run oh. out of time with your listeners. Okay, so this is Grosso lavender. Have a smell of that. Okay. Okay. That's Grosso. That's our essential oil lavender. Okay. All right. Now, kind of have that in your mind. Now, here is royal velvet. You smell that difference? How much sweeter and milder? Wee oui, wee. Oui. 
<laughs> I well, knew that one. Name, Dougie French, but that was <laughs> And now we're going to go with some Provence lavender. This is that really good. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Popular. Uh, mostly for, Provence is used mostly, I, like I said, very forward lavender. Great wow, cooking there, lavender. There really is like three distinct flavors. Yep. Or, okay. Uh, smells. And again. Okay, now we're going to have him close his eyes. Now, you promise to make sure he doesn't cheat? I will. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Keep him on the toes. Why am I the victim? Close those eyes. And now okay. we're going to give you the test. Okay. Can you tell what variety of yeah. lavender that you are smelling? Which one is this one? This is velvet. He nailed it, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And now what do you have right here? That's, uh, hold on. Provence or Grosso? That's the Grosso. You know what? I think we're going to have to offer a job here to this gentleman. Wow. Yeah, well done, well done. Wow. Good job, Robert. Every now and then. Yes. Well, the nose comes in here. Well, when you can't see, your other senses yes. heighten, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that was yes. that was really great. That's and um, wow, that's I'm excited to introduce you to a few of our products. We're gonna taste some lavender cocoa, one of our most popular products here. There, actually. And some lavender sugar, lavender lemon pepper. Introduce you to some of our wonderful lotions and spa and bath products and I hope you love everything. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Well, I, I do have one more question because I, I, I mentioned to Rob on the way up that we have to uh, have to ask this. So being down the valley in the desert, we got insects and the like there, right? And I've heard that oh, yeah. lavender can repel, especially these little scorpions that we have down there. Is that is there any truth to uh, that they tend to repel those kind of insects like they you, do the animals up here? You know, the literature actually is divided, and we see a distinct division. Uh, people will come here and they will buy boxes and boxes of our the stems of the lavender after we uh, debud the lavender um, to use for scorpions down in the valley. And they'll come back every year and they just swear by it. And they'll just take, they say, I don't want these poisons around our house. We take lavender, we kind of break it up, the stems, and because the stems all have a lot of essential oil in them also. And um, the other thing is that I know in... Uh, one of the big wholesale lavender producers that we work with says that he sells 30 or 40,000 plants a year right now to organic uh, vegetable growers. And they mm. buy that lavender, plant it really close together to create a hedge because better than fencing, it will keep out the moles, it will keep out squirrels, it will keep mm. out rabbits. Well. Um, they just don't like it. Um, we have a bug spray, which we just flies off ourselves. It's all just natural essential oils, of course, lavender being chief among them. Super effective. That's what I use on my horses for Ooh. repelling insects. So I can tell you here on our farm. Cheaper than the off you bought the other day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought some off just the other day. It was like 14 bucks. I'm like, uh, I probably would rather have this uh, lavender. Like gasoline. Yeah, Absolutely. It smells, it smells like you're playing... Smells like you're applying. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. and it's not. It's all those things absorb in your skin, right, yeah, and into yeah. your blood systems. And so, 
we think that having these natural products are so important for people and it's um it just it's it's just kind of keeps that tight circle of you know whereas we're certified naturally grown working on our organic certification but um you know we just think that the ethics of really pure products and and uh opportunities for people have taste treats they haven't had before Mm -hmm. you haven't lived till you've had lavender ice cream which you can make so easily from our lavender sugar but um yeah i think that it's it's important that we still have these little repositories of family farms where things are sort of made you know by hand and there's a a big trend going back to kind of natural stuff you know i I, there was a a show on um, netflix recently with the Zach, Zach, I never can say his name. Anyway, and this guy named Darren Olean, who's a big naturalist, came mm-hmm. back. Um, listen to this podcast all the time. Shout out, Darren. Just, just giving you a shout out, just in case. I don't know if you're ever going to listen to this, but hopefully you will. But uh, he's, he was the one that was talking about. He has this part of his podcast called uh, Fatal Conveniences, and he talks about all the stuff that we spray on ourselves, all the stuff that, that we use. And whether or not it's actually beneficial to us, or if it's disrupting our, our physical hormones and things like that, and I, I think that the more natural we get, the the better off we're going to be. Yeah, I think that that's a really good sentiment, and we of course agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we of course agree. Well, thank you so very much for spending the time with us. Oh, Aaron's got another. Question. No, I was just gonna say yeah, since we're kind of at time here, to tell our listeners one more time. Well, and where you're at, uh, I know you mentioned the website earlier, but if they want to look you up, what's the easiest way for them to visit, but also find you online? Okay, so again, just type in Pine Lavender Farm, Arizona, I guess it's probably all you'd need. We pop up pretty fast on all social media, um, and our website is pinelavenderfarm.com. We are in the little town of Pine, Arizona, about an hour and a half from North Valley and a couple of hours from any place in the greater Phoenix Valley. And um, we're open um, on weekends from 10 to 4, primarily. You'd want to check, if you check us out on social media, too, at um, Pine Lavender, Facebook at Pine Lavender, or Instagram at Pine Lavender, we have a pretty active Instagram account. And keep all of our uh, followers up to date on Facebook and Instagram when we change times uh, that we're open and days that we're open. Um, during harvest season, we're typically open four or five days a week. And as we get closer and closer towards uh, fall, uh, we kind of trim those hours back. And so we always like to make sure you guys have the ability to check out when we're open. My phone number is 619-772-6005. You can even shoot me a text, but uh, check us online, send us an email, check out the store and come visit us more importantly we're dog friendly too bring your puppies on a leash we love having them here at the farm uh, and look forward to your visit one one quick thing any uh, special events that you're going to have like the mark tarbell one with the arizona department of tourism you're going to post that on your website and things like that so if people wanted to buy tickets to that would they yeah i mean mean, this one is currently sold out right right 
but if you're going to do that again absolutely facebook is the first place facebook and instagram are the first places that we post also if you want uh, are interested in the recipes and the cooking school be sure yes. and go to our website and subscribe um, I do send um, a free recipe every month out to Ooh. our subscribers. And um, also when the cooking classes become available again, which will probably be next spring, um, I post uh, and send out to the subscribers first so that they have a chance. Our cooking classes do sell out really fast. So I like to give some benefit to the people who subscribe and follow us. Very good, very okay. good. Well, I'm kind of in sensory heaven right now with the smells <laughs> right now, so. well do you want to go to the lavender margarita section or the lavender hot chocolate section as you uh wind I mean, us it's, up it's, it's pretty much margarita time <laughs> so. yeah, I mean, is, is there a specific time for margaritas <laughs> all right well thank you so very much for being thank with you. us thanks for taking the time out of your day i know that you've got a lot of harvesting and things like that to do so thank you very much for for spending time with us oh Thank you guys so much. What you're doing is so wonderful, and you be safe out there on the road. Thank All you. Right. And we'll see you on the road. Hey, Aaron, why do you got so many cracks in your windshield? Ah, uh, you know, I just don't want to go take care of such a hassle. What are you talking about? You just call Robert over at Gecko Glass. He'll take care of it for you. It comes to you. Fixes it wherever you are. Wherever I'm at? Yeah, wherever you are. You could be at the zoo, wherever. Right? It doesn't matter. Well, maybe I should call Robert and get a glass. Will he call my insurance company, too? Yep, he'll take care of all that for you. Just call him at 480-200-2237. You got a pen? That's 480-200-2377. Thank you for joining us here at the Not So Native Podcast. Be sure to check us out on our website, notsonativepodcast.com, and leave a comment or two. Also, follow us on social media to get the latest update on our adventures. Until next time. Until next time.